Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play and hope you're having a great Friday. I have a very special guest today, our friend Josh Morgan, the hurricane hunter. Hang tight one second and we'll come back to him in just a second. But I wanted to let you know some news that came out of Japan this week is really interesting from Tohoku University. Uh, they've identified a new treatment candidate that appears to not only hot, uh, excuse me, not only halt uh, neurodegenerative symptoms in mice models of dementia and Alzheimer's, um, but they also reverse the effects of this disorder. And they're working now. Um, they actually wrote an article that ran in June the 8th in the International Journal of Molecular Science. And uh, the, the Japan's governing board has approved for them to go to clinical trials with humans. That is incredible when you think about it. And every time I think about the advancements in biotechnology, I just say, wow. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull this forward because we all know we all know someone who is suffering from dementia, dementia or Alzheimer's, and to think that we're getting close to some some kind of cure even in our lifetime is really truly amazing. Incidentally, that got me thinking about a company that I've been reading a lot about lately, CRISPR. It's C R S P R CRISPR. And uh, it's an acronym, and I'll tell you what that means in just a second. But they're doing this is a company that's doing gene editing inside the human body, and they're designing treatments that can literally fix rare mutations that are linked to tissue and organ degeneration. And essentially, what they will be able to do blood disorders and blindness and cystic fibrosis and uh, uh, muscular dystrophy, even aging. Um, so much there. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of ethical considerations and a lot of debate about that. But the fact is, bio, bioengineering is moving forward very, very rapidly. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where all this goes. We're going to see changes that are that are just enormous in our lifetime. Um, so now let's move to my friend Josh Morgan, better known as iCyclone. He's the top hurricane chaser in the world. He made Bay St. Louis his home last year, and uh, and it was a record-breaking season, I might add. And he's back again in Bay St. Louis, back in the same house again in Bay St. Louis. He affectionately calls Hurricane House for this hurricane season. Josh, welcome back to Coast View, buddy. It is awesome to be back in Bay St. Louis, and it's awesome to be back on your show. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> well, I'm really interested. And so, you know, first, we're going to get to how did what was the calculus to come back? You know, you, you, you're in L.A., you have a very successful business. You, you've chased hurricanes all around the world. Uh, but before we move on, man, you're, you know, you're a Harvard graduate. You're a smart guy. Since we met last year, we've become pretty good friends. And, you know, you're thoughtful. You know, you think about what science and technology is doing today, coming back to the way I opened this story. It's both exciting and scary at the same time, but it's here to stay. I mean, technology in every aspect of our lives is here to stay, and the sciences are obviously a part of that. Do you have any, any thoughts about any of that? Yeah, listening to that segment, I mean, the idea that there might be a treatment or a, a, a solution to Alzheimer's is, is amazing. And, I, you know, I sometimes when I read about these advancements in medicine, you start to wonder, you know, in a few decades, are people just going to live until they're 150 or like forever? I mean, it's 
it, it's kind of it, it goes beyond what we could have imagined, you know, when we were kids. Yeah, there are a lot of, you know, I've been reading a lot about it. So, you know, we're not going to get into it now, but there's a lot of um, a lot of debate in the medical community about it in an area called informed consent. When when making sure people truly understand what's going to happen when they get in there and start messing around with, with chromosomes, um, there's, you know, there's the issue of genome editing research that happens on embryos. And, you know, what's the what's the, the you know, the, the problem, potential issues with that. And then there's this thing they they call off-target effect. And initially, unfortunately, they go in and they intend to rearrange one gene, but they do another, change the sequence of another, and you get unintended consequences from that. So, you know, there's a lot of debate in the industry about it, but it's not going anywhere. I mean, it's, it's here to stay. And the fact that we're having a say on when we live and when we die and, and, a, and a, at a genetic level, it's incredible. It's going to be interesting to watch that. But that's not what your special is you know the genetic level of hurricanes <laughs> there we go <laughs> so, so tell me about the the calculus that you went through after this record-breaking year last year you know thousands of miles uh, of driving what was the calculus to come back it's a good question because I thought about it a lot so last year it was really simple you know the entire world was shut down and I was going to be confined to the United States, Southeast United States, basically. And when I looked at a map, Mississippi was a midpoint from which I could drive to all other places where I might want to chase. While living here, I developed a very special affection, you know, for coastal Mississippi and, and specifically Bay St. Louis. I mean, you and I have talked about this, but, I, you know, I feel really like, you know, some connection to this town now. So for this year, the calculus was still, the logical calculus was still fairly simple because although we're coming out of the pandemic and, you know, it almost, it almost feels like a distant memory here. I know I shouldn't say that, but it, it does. Even in L.A., L.A. is just open and everyone's out and it's just feels almost like it never happened. It's very strange. But a lot of the world is still shut down in terms of travel. So I still, it's looking like typhoon season. Taiwan, Japan, all those countries where I like to go to hunt down cyclones or typhoons. They're all still shut down, meaning I'm, it looks like it's going to be another North America-centric season. So it makes sense to once again be over here. And then just that aside, I realized I was really looking for an excuse to come back. I mean, I could definitely <laughs> say that. I just there's something I just wanted to come back to Bay St. Louis. You know, Josh, it's so interesting because you know we've had these conversations before. And I see, you know, with your friends, you're having to explain your your thinking behind it. But I, I talked to a couple who made a development, who invested significant money, actually, in Ocean Springs recently. And they had a very successful business in Southern California. And they decided after, you know, they, they, they her, her father was from Biloxi. And they came to visit him. He had a place in Bay St. Louis, for a matter of fact. And her father said, you need to drive over to Ocean Springs and check it out. And they, they kind of fell in love. They made an investment, eventually sold their business in Southern California, and they came here. And it was, you know, I'll share, the, I'll share that little segment with you uh, when we're off the air. But there's a great segment where they're talking about the difference between where they were and, and what they found here or what they thought about Mississippi and what they experienced when they came here. That, you know, they, they had this one frame in their head and they came here and they found this place to be so accepting and so open and so you know, so, you know, wonderfully focused on helping businesses, you know, to, to do business. Um, it, it is interesting how people have this one perception of Mississippi, but when they come here, 
they find something different, and so often they fall in love with it. Is that kind of your experience as well? Yeah, I mean, I should say I came here with an open mind. I mean, I, you know, I was born in New York City. I'm, I've lived in L.A. most of my adult life, so I'm, I'm definitely what you call like a big city coastal guy. But I also, you know, I like to travel around the world. I like to be in places that are uh, not what I'm used to that are and where people are not like me. I, I enjoy that to me. Like life is an adventure. Go to places where everything feels different. So I was coming here expecting, you know, just it basically almost like it's like coming to a foreign country, which it is. And that's what's exciting about the U.S. You know, being an American, you got 50 states that are 50 really, really different experiences. I mean, each each state, think about it, that California and Mississippi and New York are all under the same flag. That's cool. I mean, that variety is fun. So I came here expecting it to be really different, wanting it to be really different. I think what I was surprised about is how much I felt connected to it. Uh, you know, just that was the surprise. You know, I just um, and how much I took to living in a you know a town of about fourteen or fifteen thousand. You know, it's funny. There was no adjustment. I was I was. It, I felt like the second I got here, I just. I don't know, man. It just really connected with the energy, which is, you know, it's different. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it, it, I think that every American should do this. I think if you're a, if you're a small town person, live in a big city for six months. If you're a big city person, live in a small town for six months, try it. Just see, see kind of how the other side lives, you know, and just, and, and just kind of enjoy, enjoy the kind of the variety and the difference. For me, it's been really good. And it's not like, oh, I'm rejecting LA or I don't like LA. Cause some people are like, well, do you like Mississippi better than LA? It's not that it's just kind of like it's different flavors of ice cream and they're all good, you know? And uh, so for me living here, I definitely feel like, you know, wow, it's, it's, you could definitely make a life here in my opinion. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. I feel like I have everything I need here. <laughs> Well, what, what's interesting about you and your chasing, um, with the exception of when you did the reality show Hurricane Man uh, for the BBC, uh, which was internationally popular, I might add, um, you're actually, you actually do these things, you, you do the chasing alone. Um, you kind of prefer that, don't you? Yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm a pretty reclusive dude like except you know i like obviously i like doing tv i like i you know being on tv and performing or whatever but when i'm not doing that i'm a recluse and uh and uh, you know or except when i'm like you know hanging out with you ricky and i'll open up a little bit <laughs> when i see you and hey, Anna, that's my more outgoing side <laughs> well for sure and we we enjoy your company hey when we come back we're going to continue our conversation with, um, with with Josh Morgerman, the top hurricane chaser in the world. We're going to look back slightly on last year, the record breaker, and look at this year already. We're starting to see a lot of things percolating. Someone said the other day that you know it's June, but it already looks like August if you go down and look at where the uh, where the storms start to form. So uh, we're going to talk about that and get his expertise about that. We'll see you after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coastio. I have my friend Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world. You can find him. Just go do a search on social media, iCyclone. And if you don't know him, you'll be amazed at at uh, at his uh, his his journey at his journeys over the past several years. You know, Josh, you and I talked about this the last time we visited. Last year was just. I mean, you could not have picked a better place to be in the U.S. in terms of central, you know, central location to chase the storms you chased. It was an incredible year, wasn't it? It was nuts. This was the second most active year on record going back to 1851 in terms of Gulf Coast hurricane landfall. So not only was it a busy year last year, but it was a very gulfy very Gulf centric year. Uh, and it was it was crazy that of all the years I picked to live on the Gulf Coast right in the heart of it, that it would be last year. It was nuts. So what had happened last year for people who are not paying attention to this and Josh, you can add to this whatever you want to. The Bermuda High sort of built in last year, sort of the way it's positioned now. Like like a lot of the experts said, we wouldn't see that this year, that it would push out and that this year would be more of an East Coast type of situation. But that Bermuda High built in and it steered storms in from the Caribbean on up into the Gulf of Mexico to the northern Gulf Coast. Um, it was just, And it was set. It got set and it didn't change, did it, did it uh, Josh? Yeah, and it's interesting when you look at hurricanes historically, you will see multi-year patterns. You'll see certain areas over multiple years, certain areas will get hit again and again. So, for example, Florida hasn't gotten hit really. The Florida Peninsula hasn't really gotten any action in a long time. The years right after World War II, 1945 to 1950, Florida had five category four hurricanes with direct hits on Miami, Fort Lauderdale. I mean, it was like nuts. It was all over Florida. Then you look at the 1950s, when my mom was a teenager in New York, they were getting hit again and again because the mid 50s, everything was coming up the East Coast of the US, That especially 1954. But you'll have like multiple years of, of the same thing kind of. And I'm wondering if we're just in, a, in a, a Gulf phase right now. You know, that's the vibe I'm getting just with the last couple of years, Think about it, you know, even even 2018, where did the really, really bad hurricane happen? The Category 5 Hurricane Michael, it was on the Florida Panhandle, you know, and then last year was, was very Gulf-centric, and this year some of the patterns are indicating we might be still in this Gulf pattern. So let's explain this. Let's explain the main development zone uh, and that region of the Atlantic between Africa and where the Caribbean islands start north of the equator why that's critical and why you don't normally see a lot of activity coming out of there this time of year. It's usually sort of an August, September, October kind of thing. Um, what are you seeing out there today? Yeah, so we're still in June and I keep forgetting we're still in June. When I look at the satellite pictures and I look at the the map of where the disturbances are, it feels like we're in the middle of hurricane season. Usually, in June, I'm not even looking out there toward Africa. I'm, the possible chase targets or possible threats to the Gulf Coast are usually originating close to home. There's spin-ups that are happening right in the Gulf, or they're happening in the Northwest Caribbean, and then they're just kind of moving up. They're, they're the local homegrown kind of spin-ups, I call them. Right now, we're looking at some disturbances that came off of Africa and that are in that zone that you talked about that are just way, way out there. Usually this time of year, they don't make it across and, and that area is not as fertile as it appears to be right now. 
And one disturbance in particular is, is the Hurricane Center has now upgraded it to uh, uh, sort of uh, not. I don't want to say code red because that sounds like really serious. It's just a disturbance. But they're they're color coding it red, meaning they now expect it to develop as it comes across the Caribbean, and it looks like it's kind of heading in the general direction of the Gulf. So it could be as early as next week. Folks on the Gulf Coast are going to be having to really think about this stuff. Well, you guys already have. I mean. Claudette just happened. I was still in LA when that thing happened. I mean, things are, you know, things got going early this year. One last thing I want to say, I, I, you know, I have not done any research to scientifically support this. I'd have to look at, the, you know, really do some statistical breakdown of this. But a lot of years, you'll see an early season landfall of a weak tropical storm that kind of foretells where a lot of the activity is going to be going later. You think of like last year, Cristobal, you know. It was this early season junk storm, but you know, created some disruption here in Mississippi. There was some storm surge flooding from it. Crystal Ball ended up sort of being a, a, a little bit of a, a foreshadowing of what happened last year, which was Gulf impact after Gulf impact. And I wonder if Claudette was kind of like the, the Crystal Ball of this year. And ending with Zeta, ending with Zeta, that was uh, quite an amazing storm at that time of year. I mean, in you know the end of October. I mean, we what it's just been a we've had a we've had some bad luck, haven't we? Yeah, Zeta was what a way to end the season. Wow, you know, just you feel by mid October, you know, on the Gulf Coast, you start to feel like you're out of the woods, and you know, for Zeta to come. You know, just just roaring out of the Gulf like that. It was like the horror movie where you think it's over and the hand comes out of the grave. <laughs> that's that's what Zeta was. <laughs> that thing was so uh, just just okay. Just for since we're talking about weather, let's be very specific here. Uh, um, Josh and I were able to connect. This is Wednesday. This is going to be airing on Friday. Uh, a lot of what we're talking about now are trends. So what whatever we're talking about as it relates to the development of hurricanes or, or as it relates to the hurricane center's current interpretation, it could change by Friday. It could it could be picked up somewhat. It could dissipate between now and then. So just keep that in mind as you as you listen to this show that we're really talking about general trends. Uh, the position of the Bermuda High, which is not in a good spot right now as it relates to the Gulf, and the fact that we're already beginning to see uh, storms uh, in the that are coming off Africa that are actually in the main development zone that we would not normally see this time of year. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a hyper season. I mean, things could slow down and atmosphere conditions could change, but it is something to note this early in the season, right? Right, Josh? Absolutely, and I'm glad you said that. That this is a very imprecise science. You know, we look at computer models to try to understand the future. It's like looking at a crystal ball every six hours. And the computer models, you know, vary run to run, you know, and it is, so it does become about trends. It's not what any single run of the computer model says, it's not about what one model says. It's about the general, as you said, the trends that you're starting to feel looking at the different models run after run, you start to get an idea of what's going to happen. But we don't know. At the end of the day, these things are going to do what they want. I mean, I not to personify them. They don't think, of course, but they they almost seem like they do. You know, like when I, you know, as a hurricane chaser, I do look at, at the hurricane. It's sort of like my, it's like my prey. It's my arch enemy. I'm hunting it down. <laughs> hey, so it's interesting. So your BBC show is still kind of on hold. There's been other negotiations taking place. You haven't reported any of that yet. In the meantime, you're doing a, I think monthly, is it monthly uh, YouTube live with your audience around the world? Uh, 
anything to report on that front in terms of you know po- possibility of TV shows, et cetera? Yes. Yeah, so uh, right now I'm in negotiation with a major streaming uh, platform. And I, the only reason I can't mention them is because we're like in, in talking about the contract now. But uh, it would be a series. Uh, we'd started as a pilot. It would be just basically looking back at, at uh, sort of like war stories from my past chases. You know, so I've been, as you n- know, in many crazy adventures. I've been in the strongest landfall tropical cyclones in East Asia and Mexico and the U.S., just everywhere. And so uh, so this would be sort of looking back at my greatest adventures, uh, you know, just kind of telling those tales. And, uh, you know, if, if that gets going, we'll be shoot, we'll be starting to shoot it this summer. I actually might have to go back to L.A. for a few days between the hurricanes to do the shooting and everything. So uh, I'm hoping to have more information about that soon. You know, I'm, I'm one of these guys I like to always have like a, a TV project happening, you know, at some stage of development. Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a there, you've got a, a, a video historical perspective on all of your activities. And uh, for people who haven't been there, maybe this is the first time you've heard our conversation with with Josh. I really encourage you to look him up on social media. You can go to his, his YouTube page. There are a couple of storms that really come to mind. There are several that come to mind, but one is Hurricane Patricia. How do you how do you say that in Spanish? Just put, Patricia. Um, Patricia. 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 Yeah, exactly. And, if you want Mexico, to take the Spanish style, Patricia. It wouldn't come out. It wouldn't come out. And the other one is <laughs> Dorian and and the Bahamas. Um, I mean, for the, the Dorian experience in particular, I thought Josh was dead. I was uh, long before I knew Josh. I was just a follower of Josh. And that storm, if you remember, it came in as a category five. It sat on top of the island that it hit for hours and hours and hours and hours. And, and of course, everyone was thinking there's no way anyone could survive this storm. And for some many, many hours, Josh was missing and presumed dead and then finally just showed back up again. But you can see those videos. It's incredible what he's been up to. Um, those are those are a couple of notable ones, aren't they? Yeah, I would say Dorian definitely is. I don't think I'm going to top that chase. You know, not only category five, but if there was a category six, it would that would have been a six. So, you know, sustained winds of 185 miles an hour when it passed over uh, Great Abaco Island, where I was, went right through the eye in a little town called Marsh Harbor. And as you said, we just got totally slammed. And this thing was off the charts. Uh, And then, yeah, I was was trapped there for days afterward. I mean, for days. So, uh, you know, when I got back to the U.S., yeah. I had I didn't have any communication leading up to that. So when I finally did resurface, I saw all the rumors that I died. <laughs> it was, it and all really the strange. national media were really interested in you during that time. Hey, we're out of time, but let me just say this. We're going to have you back regularly during the season to, to talk to us about what we're seeing. Uh, you know, you, you'll do some chases. Hopefully they're away from here and we'll get a chance to see your experience as it relates to that. But more than anything, you're a good guy. You're a good ambassador for this area, Josh. I, I watch what you say about this about this place on your social media. And uh, there are people literally from around the world who follow you. And as a result of your passion for, for Bay St. Louis and, the, and coastal Mississippi, you're singing our praises. And I appreciate that. And I, I want to be one among the many that will say, welcome back to, to the coast. Oh, thank you very much. And, you know, my selfish side is is thinking maybe I shouldn't talk it up so much because I you know, I feel like it's my little discovery and I don't want other people to know about it. <laughs> good, good for you. This is Josh Morgan, the top hurricane hunter in the world. And uh, we'll see you after this. Thanks, Ricky. Super.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.